I'm Darren Garrahy and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter to feeling laughed at, to a time where there was no room for laughter. And I said, no, sorry, doctor, you don't understand. Sorry, you don't understand. I, I work for myself. Like, when can I go back to work? Yeah. He goes, no, you don't understand. I have you here alive. You may have seen him on Instagram, on TV, or via his podcast, Divvying Out Financial Advice. Owen McGee is the financial planner who has been on a mission to teach Irish people how to be good with money. And he's my guest this week. He chatted to me about surviving the life-threatening fall that left him with a brain bleed, how he and his brothers honoured his dad's memory with a special glass of whiskey, and the first memory of laughter that involved him <clears throat> pissing on his friend's head. This season of The Laughs of Your Life is sponsored by FNF Clothing, available at Tesco, style to help real people feel great. When you get down to it, is there anything more festive, more seasonal, more unashamedly Christmassy than... <laughs> ah, Santa, will you give it a break for a second? Save your strength for the big day. I'm not talking about you. No, I'm talking about the most important Christmas tradition of them all. Matching pyjamas for you, Bay, anyone else you might have under your roof. Great news. FNF has 25% off all nightwear starting from Tuesday the 12th of December and running until Tuesday the 19th of December. A full week. So, if you're listening to the show on the day of release, Monday, bear in mind the offer begins tomorrow, Tuesday. The offer which is subject to availability includes slippers, but not slipper socks. Bear that in mind. To qualify, just present your club card or app at the till. FNF makes fashion sense. Available at Tesco. And now for my chat with Owen McGee. I hope you enjoy. Owen McGee, you are extremely welcome to the Last Year Life podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, do you know what? I'm going to be honest with the listeners now and I'm going to tell them what you maybe wouldn't. Oh, God, what? You enjoyed yourself last night. I did, yeah. You were out. Prosperous won an award and I celebrated <laughs> hard into the... It wasn't even hard into the night. It just I started at two when I was in bed by half past twelve, I think. <laughs> And so I'm vulnerable and precious and you're going to get much more out of me than you would have if I wasn't hungover well, right now. This is the benefit. This, this is, is it. The, you're, is going, it. you're going to benefit from my hangover or your <laughs> listeners are because I have no guard up now. I'm just going to be so open and free. Well, people people look to you and see you as this kind of pillar of having your shit together. So it's actually good. It is good. It's funny, actually. Jennifer Samparelli said it to me on air one time. She yeah. said, um, she said, Owen, you're a financial planner. You must be miserable on a night out. <laughs> Are you on? No, I, I, okay. I enjoy myself. Okay, I good. enjoy life. Yeah. Before we get into it, congratulations on your podcast and how well that's going. Yeah, it's fine. I'm really surprised with the. I kind of yeah. Let's see how this goes. Let's see what happens with it. But it's been received really well, and the people, even just the comments, and I'm sure you get it as well. The DMs and stuff that you're getting saying, "Oh, it's part of my walk routine now. Once a week, really yeah. enjoying it. Really getting a lot from it. It's exactly what we were looking. What I was looking for. That's great. And it's it's just another medium because. Honestly, Darren, I do this because I think people are better off with good financial advice than they are without it. And it's just another medium and platform to get that out. It's great. Love it. Love it. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Shall we get into it, Owen? Let's get into it. Okay. O'Magee, your first memory of laughter. I was thinking about this this morning. I won't give you his surname, right? Right. But my friend Colin, when I was about 10, I pissed on his head. Sorry. <laughs> so actually parental warning here before we go into this story, right? <laughs> parental warning. If you've got if you've got little ears, <laughs> if you've got little ears listening to this, maybe just stop. Or maybe it's too late to say stop. No, to definitely if you've got little ears listening to this, I won't give too much away, but just stop right now, right? But I was up a tree 
and he was down underneath and I pissed down on top of him. I thought it was hilarious, right? And it was really, really funny. And then the next minute I saw his mother come up. He ran home crying and I saw his mother come up and went into my mother's. Right? I was going, oh no. And I stayed out of the house for about four hours. I was afraid to go home. I was terrified to go home. And I walked in the door and mom said, sit down there. I sat down and she said, I need to talk to you. And I said, mom, just before, now this was July, right? This was middle of the summer, yeah. right? She goes, just before you say it to me, mom, can I just ask you a question? And she goes, what? And I said, is there such a thing as Santa Claus? What? <laughs> yeah. And I ended up in Clara Lara the next day because I was quite upset. <laughs> oh my God, you just flipped it. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that's a scale. And I promise never to piss on, piss on Colin's head again. Sorry, we need to just rewind for just one second. How is, how is the age of 10 your first memory of laughter? I don't know. Did you not laugh before it, it, that? I'm sure I did, but that was a deadly story. So I said I'd use that one. <laughs> Well, talk to me. Okay, so we actually, we grew up fairly close yeah, to each other. Yeah, so I grew up just near Roselawn. Roselawn yeah. Inn, Brompton is where I grew up. My mum is still there. Um, but yeah, we probably know some of the similar people. So you're Castlenock. You're Castlenock proper. Well, you're mean, Castlenock proper, though. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm the depths of Castlenock. Yes, that's it. But I always say, people say, where am I from? Right? Yeah. And I say, well, it depends. Is this a job interview or a fight I'm walking into? I mean, <laughs> from Blanche or Castlenock, and that's the way I work it. And technically, I am Castlenock, but I'm on the wrong side of the canal. So is, is Roselawn technically Castlenock? There was a county councillor moved into Delwood in 1979 and changed the address to Castlenock. Stop. Absolutely. And that's what happened. Is that so, what happened? Yes, yeah, but I would always say the canal. If anyone knows, it's the canal is really the divider between Castlenock and Blanchestown in my head. Yeah. But technically, it is That little humpback yeah. bridge is yeah. what I would say yeah. is... But I, but there again, Roselawn to me isn't exactly Blanche. It's a weird one. It is a strange one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's where we, uh, we didn't grow up far apart. Yeah. Well, to, like, to be honest, though, we're different generations, so we probably wouldn't know the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fact. <laughs> if that's fair. I'll take that on the chin. And so talk to me then about, you know, your younger years at yeah. home. So I loved, um, I grew up in, I grew up in Blanche, Castanock, whatever you want to call it. Went to school Oliver. Um, went to, <gasps> went did to, you go to school Oliver? Yeah, went to school Oliver and did, obviously, then went straight from there to Coolmine. A lot of people went off to school Katrina, a couple of other things. Yes. I went to Coolmine then. Loved it. Really enjoyed school. Really enjoyed it. Bridget's man. So I played for Bridget's really badly. I was, you know what? I love Ga and I'm a big Dublin GA supporter, but I was the guy who usually got his game up until the semi-final when the soccer lads came back and then I was putting the bench and then, oh, thing, no. yeah, and then you'd be, but it was, that was one of the, like one of my greatest memories of growing up was the under 16 championship. We, we won the under 16 championship and that was a real win for us. We had been playing against Aaron's Isle for years and they'd been beating us for years. And then under 16, we beat them in the league, we beat them in the championship and it was brilliant. And it, that was, and those lads are still all really good mates. We still see each other a lot. Um, and I loved, I loved Cool Mine. I really enjoyed the school. I really enjoyed it. I've been back a couple of times. I've had me back. I was, I was doing a, their Dragon's Den equivalent. And I was Love a judge it. on their Dragon's Den a little while ago. They did really well, actually, the, the team who, who got put through to Europe in the end. But um, no, I've been back a few times to talk to students. I really have a grow for the place. And uh, and even in around Cool Mine, or even around where my mom is still there, I still get back and still spend time there. And, Maybe I'll move back there at some stage. Not just yet. Not just yet. Not You'll just consider yet. it. Yes, maybe. Okay, Owen, the first time you felt laughed at, can you recall? Yeah, and I was a bit younger. And I remember I was walking out of my front drive, walking down the drive. My brother, I'm the youngest of four, so there's four lads. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest of four. My next brother up is five years older than me. And then it kind of goes up a bit further. Obviously, the other two are older again. But it was my older brother's friends were sitting on the wall 
and they looked at me and they said, Jesus, you're real fat. And everyone laughed. Oh, and I never, I, I, that stuck in my brain forever. It does. Yeah. I just, and like, here's my weight goes up and down and it's up at the moment, unfortunately, but it goes up and down and it still catches you mm. and it catches you. It, it was, it was one of the, and everyone broke their shit laughing at me and I just went, whoa, and that one hurt. It never leaves you. I was a big kid. Right. And it never leaves no. you. It's, and it's, I've, it makes me really sad to think back when I was younger because those moments, and I remember one time in particular a, I, in sixth class, a girl that I, like one of these girls I really looked up to or like yeah. wanted to be friends with. And like that, she just kind of looked me up and down and was like, you're definitely bigger than the rest of us. It's horrible. It's, it is honestly... Yeah. It never leaves you. Yeah. Still to this day, I like the thing I'm most self-conscious about is what people think of my weight and the way I look. Yeah, and I'd be there as well. And like, I'm going back on camera now in the next couple of months, yeah. in the next couple of weeks. And you'd be much more conscious of it at the end. If you need a new TV show, TV show coming out at the end yeah. of February, and you're really, you do become really conscious of it. Yeah. And you just, and it's, and even when you're, you go to the wardrobe and you go, that doesn't fit me anymore. I know. That doesn't fit me anymore. But you still keep it, don't you? You still, oh, you're like, <laughs> oh no, that's the goal now. Yeah. I will be getting into yeah. that. Yeah. But it's a constant battle. It of really is. is. Yeah, it is. And you just, you know what? There's, I think you just times in your life where the sort of things that you're concentrating on and I'll get back into running and I'll go back again and I'll get it down over the next couple of months. But that's where I am at the moment and you just have to live with it. You have to live with it. But I think that was that was one of the things that was one of the very earliest memories. I'd, I'd say I probably could have been only maybe five. And did it become a thing? Was it a th- like yeah. were you slagged yeah. about it in school or? Yeah, and I wasn't like, like to be honest with you, I wasn't really heavy. Yeah. Like, and I remember then, I remember then for years, I don't know, I just have big bones. Yeah. 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 And, but no, but like I was fit and I was on the GA team up until the semi-final stage beyond the GA team. And I would, uh, but I was fit and I was okay. And I was a swimmer and I looked after myself. So I wasn't really, really heavy. Yeah. Um, but it, but just, it was mentally, it was just mentally. Mentally, yeah. yeah. And, and it can be the way you carry it and the yeah. way you carry yourself that people think mm. it's okay to... To yeah. laugh at it or to comment on it. It's funny. I was I was I was getting a new suit the other day. I very rarely wear suits. I was getting a new suit the other day, and there was a guy there, and he was talking to me, and um, I was telling him, "Oh yeah, I'm just I need a new suit. So the, the, the other one doesn't fit or whatever." Yeah. And he said, um, "He was really thin," and he said, "I cannot put weight on for the love for the love of money. I just cannot get it on me." And he said, "People think it's acceptable to say to me, geez, you're real thin, aren't you?'" Mm. And he said, it's just as much of a problem for me to be thin as it is for someone who's overweight to be overweight. And he says, it doesn't matter what I do. I cannot put weight on. Yeah. And it, it's funny. We all carry these kind of. We crosses. all have the insecurities. Yeah, yeah, we all have them. I think that's the, I think the great thing about the sort of body positivity movement over the past couple of years, two things that I think, you know, have really improved. We understand that men are just as likely to be really self-conscious because usually it's like, oh, women, you know, poke fun at each other or Mm. at their own bodies or whatever. It's just the same for men. Of course it is. Yeah. And also, as you're saying, like just because someone is thin doesn't mean they're happy to be thin or that they're okay with being thin or that they want you to compliment them for being thin. But you know what else is really awful about it is, well, like if you look back, say three years ago, I was actually like at a weight that I was really comfortable with, mm. but at the time I still wasn't happy with it. That's the thing. You're, you it never are. Yeah. And you look back at it now, yeah, if I go back to that weight, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. To be, but you're not, you're never comfortable. You're it doesn't never. matter. You're always looking for a bit more and you're always looking for a bit more and you don't appreciate what you have yeah. until it's gone. Okay, Owen, the moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Can you take us back? It's funny, like, around the time my dad died, 
So my dad is dead three years next month. And around that time, him dying, there was some real great moments as well. Mm. Like really, really, like even if I think about my brother giving the eulogy, my, my eldest brother stood up to give the eulogy. And the first line of the eulogy was, um, I got the call. So dad had been sick since had his first heart attack at 42 years of age. Wow. And he died at 78 years of age. And my brother started the eulogy with something along the line of, I got the call to say that this was it and you need to get to the hospital. And I was heading to the hospital. This was 1996. Right? And his point is, is over the years, we have got so many calls. This is going to be it. This is going That's to sad. be it. And like he had 42, he had, a, he had a quadruple bypass, 46. He had three stents, 48. He had quintuple bypass. And he's had stent upon, he had stent upon stent upon stent then since. And he always, we always had moments all the way through my life where you did have situations where he would, he would be very sick mm. and you'd be kind of going, oh, okay. But it's interesting, those really difficult times and particularly when he was dying and it was during COVID and we knew like he was in the hospital for six months during that period, it was, uh, it was, there was some good moments too. And even like the night before, so I made the decision that just before the dad died on a Monday and I think it was the previous Thursday, I moved in with my mom. And said, just for the week, I said, right, I'm going to do, I'll stay with mom until dad's gone because mm -hmm. we knew he was going. And even those nights, just me and her, because like we were very locked down at the time and it was just me and her and the nights and the, some of the crack and the jokes we had. And I really enjoyed it, like, mm -hmm. which is a strange thing to say. And we did have some fun. And actually one of the great moments was we came back after the, um, we came back after the funeral and it was just me and my two brothers and my mother. And then my other brother in Sydney was on the iPad at the end of the table. And we stuck him on the iPad. And I had bought dad a really good bottle of whiskey. Now, I mean a proper bottle of whiskey. And we decided, I said, actually, where's that tealings we bought? Dad, I bought dad. Mom says, oh, it's down there. And when we went to it, now dad had been in hospital from June and this was December, right? Yeah. And when I went to get it, the bottle of tealings had a tiny bit left in the bottom of it. Now, I mean, a tiny bit. I'd only bought it from Christmas before, right? I used to be fucking killed him. <laughs> with the tealings. Someone who's in the hospital. Mom said he used to, and he used to text me from time to time and say, having a snip of this. Now, dad wasn't yeah. a drinker. Like, yeah, yeah. And he'd have a little snip of it. But obviously, every night for six months, he was having a little snip of it. But actually, sorry, the story he was about to tell was, my brother was on the iPad at the end. This is a different bottle. This is a lovely bottle of Middleton. And we said, right, we'll all have a shot for that and I said right the rule with this bottle is it stays in the house you can drink it provided you have one other sibling with you but you're not allowed to drink it on your own so it's still in mam's house now and you, we, it comes out from time to time it'll come yeah. out again at Christmas but we poured all the things out and my brother Connor put an extra glass down for dad I went it's a 500 euro bottle of whiskey dad can't drink it and we broke our heart laughing and you know what he did then and I'd never maybe this is something that everybody knows but I hadn't seen it he took the glass and he put it on the windowsill and he said, let the spirit evaporate from the house. Aww. And I just thought it was lovely. Mm. I, I mean, think, and for about probably four or five months after that, every time you'd come in, you wouldn't say it. You'd just clock it on the side of the, mm. on the, on the windowsill and there'd be a little bit more gone out of it a little bit. I thought it was lovely. I've never heard of that. So and you, it's leave it, though, you leave it there. It's yeah, so nice. It's really nice. But we did have a laugh over the fact that dad was getting a whiskey poured from him and <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't drinking it. Yeah. Like, but it was. But it was a really nice little touch that we said, yeah. And, and maybe because it was such an expensive bottle of whiskey as well, you were kind of going, <laughs> it, it, it had a little bit more value than maybe a, yeah. a cheaper bottle would have. Yeah. But it was a really nice kind of touch. And we did have a good laugh about that. But well, you're no laughing matter moment. Can you tell us on a time where there was no room for laughter when? Yeah. Yeah. 4th of May, 2018. 
I fell and cracked my skull in three places. And I had a massive brain bleed. And uh, I ended up, I was at a retirement, it wasn't retirement, it was a leaving do or some description. And we were, I was down in Carlo and I got rushed to Port Leash. And then they sent me to Beaumont for surgery. Oh God, when, so, you, when you hear Beaumont, it's not yeah, good. And they sent me to Beaumont for surgery and I uh, I remember like that that was a that was a Thursday evening it happened and it was a Friday all day was when the surgery was happening. I remember do you remember you know those films where you kind of you're looking out through someone's eyes and the eyes open and then they close and, and the eyes blurry. open and it's blurry, but it's a different scene every time the eyes that's what I was throughout the day. I have little snippets of the day throughout the day, kind of Jesus, I'm in the back of a taxi, or not the back of a taxi, back of an ambulance. I'm in the back of, I'm in the, and about to go into operating theatre. About to, and I don't, I wasn't with it, but I was kind of in and out of consciousness throughout the day. But the real moment, like I, because I wasn't with it, I really didn't know what was going on. But the real moment was on the Saturday morning. The doctor was standing at the end of the table, or the end of the bed, sorry, and he had a whole team around him, and he was kind of talking to them. He wasn't talking to me. Yeah. And I turned to him and I said, "Sorry, doctor." And he said, "Yeah." I said. Um, can I just ask, when can I go back to work? Oh, God. And he goes, sorry? And I said, when can I go back to work? And he says, six, eight, real dismissively, six, eight weeks, maybe. Oh, God. And I said, no, sorry, doc, you don't understand. Sorry, you don't understand. I, I work for myself. Like, when can I go back to work? Yeah. He goes, no, you don't understand. I have you here alive. And he walked away. And it was at that, I didn't know at that moment, they were, they were still wondering, am I being rushed back to surgery or not? I did, I did, that was the first realization that I could have went. Um, oh, and it was, it was one of those moments where you just went, like, I was very lucky, very lucky to get through. And it was one of those moments I just went, whoa, right. Okay. Do you have any recollection of when it happened? Yeah. So it, it was actually, now people are going to immediately jump to, he must've been hammered. I wasn't hammered. We had had a dinner. I'd had a couple of drinks. I had maybe three or four drinks, mm. maybe over the course of the evening. And I ended up um, just, I don't know what happened because I got out of the taxi, got out of a taxi mm. and the first thing to hit the ground was my head. So I have no, and I went, and funny enough, geez, you're getting it all today. Well, I went then afterwards to check my own heart because I wondered, was it a heart incident yeah, or yeah. something? And I do have, I've, I have a couple of blockages in the heart, but that wasn't what caused them. So I don't know what it was and it's, it's never happened again. And it's, there, there isn't, but it could have been as simple as I caught my foot yeah. in the seatbelt or something. It was a people carrier type thing. And I just whack, bang, done, head done. Oh and, um, my God. Yeah. It's awful. It was one of the, obviously it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to me, but it's also one of the best things that ever happened Why? to me. I made a couple of decisions afterwards around the business in particular. So um, I put someone into the business to run it. I, I was kind of going, oh, I just sell the thing. Will I keep? And I said, no, I love what I do. Mm. I love it. And there was only three of four of us tipping away for 10 years or so at that stage. And I said, no, I'm going to put someone in. I'm going to find someone to run the business. So um, I brought someone in a couple of years ago, Colin, and he'll be with me now three years next year early next year it was three years he's taken it from four staff with 20 staff there now um we are absolutely like we have a great team we've great culture and all i do now is my client stuff i meet my clients which is your favorite thing yeah that's my thing i meet my clients and i help him at board level because what was happening was is i do what like if you think about this you think about tv shows you think about books you think about all that stuff. that's what i call my media stuff right yes. my corporate gig that's media stuff and then it's private practice and i was trying to give 100 percent to both and i was giving 40 percent to each you end up with a cracked skull. That's what happens. Yeah, so that, that was a big decision that I made and made some other decisions as well. That was a big decision I made that I said, right, this needs to change. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a really, like I sat back and I said, when was I most happy in my career? 
And it was back, I used to work for Irish Life in the early 2000s. And it was back then. And I kind of really quizzed myself as to why was I happiest then? Because all I did was dealt with clients. Yeah. And now I'm back doing it again. I love it. I That's love great. it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, really enjoy it. So in a way it was, it was, it was a good thing to happen for the bigger picture. Yes, yes. Okay, Owen, the person you always laugh with. Uh, that would have to be my partner, Clara. We get on really well. We have great laughs. Um, and it's it's not the big stuff. It's the little stuff. Mm. And it would definitely be, yeah, that that's where we have laughed. But I also have a mate who's just, he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> right, he's great crack. And um, actually, he used to live where you lived. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he used to live in Castanock in, that, in, the, in the apartments up there. Um, but I just to give you an example... <laughs> He was, this, this, and this, it's just, when you go through everyday life with him, um, you, like you're walking through Boots and Liffey Valley, I think we were one day. And he was single and he was very single at the time. <laughs> Extremely uh, yeah, single. Yeah, yeah, very single. <laughs> and maybe there is a limit to how single <laughs> you could be. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, he picked up a packet of condoms. Right. I went, I and he was talking. Classic guy. Yeah. And I, I was, what spot is this? And he walks up to the counter. <laughs> And he puts the condoms down the counter and he goes, can I um, get 24 salpidine, please? And she says, um, what are the salpidine for? In case she has a headache. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and you should have seen this woman in Liffey Valley and he just broke her heart laugh. <laughs> she loved it. Yeah, she thought it was hilarious. Oh, my God. He didn't even buy the condoms and she didn't question him about the salpidine. He just left. Left. Yeah, just left. Him. off he goes but no but, but no he he actually lives in the states now and uh, i don't spend as much time with him but he's um obviously because he's in the states but no clara and i would have great crack yeah, great i love fun. that it comes back to he clara, back now. To clara yeah. we would have great crack we'd have great fun but it's all the little things that are just going on about day and i'm sure it's not what a partner's about totally like it is it's about the jokes and the crack and yeah. the serious stuff and the life and everything else, but uh, no, that's that's probably the easiest the, the easiest answer. It's probably the best answer because it's the right answer. I yeah, suppose. Yeah. yeah. Owen, a time where you had the last laugh. I remember somebody who. This is really egotistical, right? Go but on. I'm going to give it anyway. We love it. There was somebody who I I'm, who was quite strong on social media, and at the time I was only on Twitter. And I was talking to them about Instagram mm. and they told me Instagram wouldn't be for you. You'd never make it there. And now I have five times as many followers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Followers. Yes. I want to talk about you. But was that completely dismissive? No, wouldn't, no. Be you. wouldn't be for you. Instagram wouldn't be your thing. No, it wouldn't be your thing. You, you sure your content would be no good there. And Instagram's a deadly one. Like I had 400 followers in, on, in December 19, just before lockdown. Yeah. And then lockdown hit and I said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a medic. I can't do it. But surely people are a bit worried about their money. Yeah. And we hit just over 111,000 yesterday. So two and a half years or whatever it is. Yeah, just That's three incredible years. growth. Yeah, just, and, and, and to be honest with you, probably the first 60, 80,000 of them came in the first six months. It oh just exploded. God. Yeah, it exploded. And it was... Uh, and people just like it. They just like but the I content. Th- well, it's not just the content on it's you. It's you as well. Because I think you, it's, I think you're really personable and people can feel that from you and that you're warm and that your heart is in the right place. And that might sound like a cringe thing to mm. say around money, but like, that's what makes people invest in someone like you. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? They invest in, in their time and their 
you know, and it's not easy to gain followers. People don't hit follow easily. No, you they know? don't. And Especially in Ireland. W- one of the things I do find, though, is, is you do get, like, you get so much positive stuff. Okay. And, but then you get one comment and you just go, what's the point? I know. Like, why? Why? Why bother? And you just go, oh, like Saturdays in particular, like, I'm, I'm traveling tomorrow. And I'll still put my Q&A box up. I'll yeah. still jump in and out of it. I'll still... And it's not... It's interfering in the day, but yeah. it's, it's what you do and yeah. you enjoy doing it. And then someone will say, oh, you gave the wrong answer there. Right. And you go, no, I didn't give the wrong answer. Like someone called me dishonest last week and they said, your answer was dishonest. And I genuinely don't believe anyone's ever called me dishonest professionally before in my life. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. To and hear. you go... It wasn't. This was the answer I gave. That was the question I was given. Yeah. That was the answer I gave. And it wasn't dishonest. It yeah. wasn't. And But it's still, here I am a week later, still thinking, still about, thinking that. about it. And I engaged with them and I went back and forth by message and they said, no, you were dishonest. I'm sure you get some difficult messages from people who are really, really struggling. Mm. Like across the board, how do you think people in Ireland are doing financially? I know it's probably very difficult to just pluck out a kind of overall synopsis. But say, for example, like families with with two kids. Yeah. Overall in Ireland, do you think people are finding it hard? Yeah, I think there's a whole cohort of people who are really struggling and have like. But if you think about if you think about inflation as as a typical example, inflation. If your shopping for the week has gone from a hundred from a hundred to a hundred and ten euros mm-hmm. in the week, if you're on two hundred quid a week, that really really hurts. If you're on two grand a week, it still impacts you, but it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? That extra yeah. tenor. So one of the things about inflation is it doesn't, it's not an equal opportunities inflictor, right? It affects different people in different ways. Mm. And the people who are really struggling is where, as a society, we should be supporting them. And they're really, really finding it hard. And they're making the difference. And I know it's kind of a cliche at this stage between um, heat or food. Like they're they're trying to decide where, 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 what way am I going to spend my money? How am I going to keep the family taken over? And those people, like it's 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 amazing though because you can have a lot of impact with them. I remember a woman came up to me after a conference one day and this was a couple of years ago and she said, oh, and I just want to thank you. And I said, for what? And she said, for the first time in my life, I have savings. And I went, all right, okay. She goes, yeah. I just, you told me, I heard you say it a while ago, just do a tiny bit and just turn up the volume on it on a regular basis. And I said, that's great. I said, do you mind me asking how much you've got in savings? She goes, I've been saving five euros a week for 12 weeks. I have 60 quid. And you just, and she was, she's Mm. like, she was so proud of herself. And Mm. I, I, like it sounds condescending, but I was really proud of her, Mm. but it meant so much for her because all of a sudden for the first time in life, she said she was taking control of her money instead of it controlling her. Yeah. And so you can have big impact if if you just give a little bit of a tip or a nudge in the right direction. You can feel like you've actually made a difference to them. Um, but one of the things I would say, again, for a country that doesn't talk about money, people will often say to me, where do you turn to if you've got problems like that? Mm. You turn to your best mate. That's where you go to. You go to your best mate and you say, this is the situation I'm in. And they might suggest you go to MAPS or they might suggest that you do something else or they, that you read that book or you do this. But get someone else on your side, not to fix the problem with no, you, but just face the, face the problem with you. And don't be ashamed of it. Go and talk to someone and get it out there because it's much easier then. Oh, and if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Savings. Points. <laughs> <laughs> 
pints. Pints. Yeah. Pints. Well, sorry, I love I love having a few pints and <laughs> enjoy it. And I, I, I like this. It's a really nice way of relaxing. I love running and I haven't been running for the last little while. I've had a problem with my knee for the first time. Mm. Kind of went in June and haven't been running at all. You've, been, actually, you've done marathons? Yeah, I've done 10 of them. Um, yeah, I've done a couple for Temple Street and I'm going to go back and do them now. Um, I'm going to go back and do one now next year. Which so. ones have you done? I've done London twice, I think. New York, Dublin, um, the Connemara Marathon, which was really cool around Connemara. That oh, was deadly. brilliant. Yeah, that was really cool. So I've done Dublin a couple of times, London, New York, and Connemara. Um, so 10 all together. And then the whole thing with my heart kicked off and I was told you can't run marathons anymore. Uh, you can run half marathons. So I was kind of listening to that advice for a couple of years. And I went into my cardiologist earlier on in the year and I said, I want to. And actually, it's funny enough, the cardiologist is back in 1982, there was a consultant and treating my dad. And the consultant had the team around him at the end of the bed. And and there was a young student doctor who challenged the consultant. Now, this was 1982, right? Challenged the consultant, says, would you not consider doing it like this, right? And my dad kind of observed this and went, whoa, this (laughs) this fella's going to get, like, he's going to get a tough time out of this one. And the consultant actually engaged him and changed the approach he was taking with dad as a result of this young guy's um, comments. That was my dad's, that guy, young guy became my dad's cardiologist and is now my cardiologist. Stop. Yeah, Dr. Brendan Foley. Wow. Um, he was, he's now retired out of public service, but he's, he's got private, out of the public sector, he's gone into the private sector. But sorry, I went into him and I said, I want to do American uses, I can't sign you off on that. And I said, okay, I'm going to change my, because I've been having this conversation with every year for the last couple of years. Yeah. He goes, no, no, we can't have you do it. This is the reasons why. And he explained all the reasons why. Again, he explained. I said, okay, I'm, let me change what I'm saying to you. He said, well, I'm going to do a marathon. Will you support me throughout it? He goes, okay. Ah, God. So, yeah. So we're getting to do, I'm getting to do one again. I just well, have to good. pick next year. So we'll pick a charity and we'll go and, I'll go and do it again. Amazing. Can't wait. Okay. Are you ready for a quick fire round on? Yeah. Wonderful. Go for it. The actor you always laugh at. Like if you think old school, like old, old school, like Will Smith and Fresh Prince. Ah, yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) actress or female actor you always laugh at. For some reason, Julia Roberts is in my head. She's, sorry, she's a great comedic actor. Is she? I think, I think so. Pretty woman. Pretty woman, she was good. Runaway Bride. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Is Runaway Bride the one where she changes her eggs based on the one that she, the person that she fancies? Is that? Her what? The way she takes her eggs. (gasps) <gasps> yes is that that film that is that well, one yeah so depending on who she goes out with if they if they eat their eggs fried she that's has that's a really niche thing to remember about that movie <laughs> it's, it's so random but it's true yeah. okay so we know the comedian Michael McIntyre uh, the movie that you always laugh at um, you know what film I love because it's old school it's Trading Places I've never seen it ah come off it never seen no, Trading, Trading Places no Trading Places is a brilliant film I know the words to it practically and actually, a couple of years ago, my eldest brother brought all. It's actually about ten years ago. Bought us all the DVD each. Like okay. it must be fifteen years Cute. ago. Yeah, but it's a brilliant. I love that film. Okay, that's on the list. And finally, Owen, your best or worst joke? My brother. I have a I have a WhatsApp group with my brother and his kids, and they're in Sydney. And I always tee them up. And so I teed it up the other day. I said uh, I was getting my golf shoes out from under the stairs, and there was a spider in there with loads of eyes, and I wonder do you have them in Australia because I don't know what they're called and I left it there and because of the time difference it took me about 12 hours said we, we don't have them in Australia I don't know what they're called do you know what they're called or what? I said oh I know what they're called now I found out and this is what it's a spy either you really enjoyed that up crap that's yeah that's one of the worst but we love it Owen thank you so much look at thank you very much thank you so much for sharing the last of your life 
you for listening to The Last of Your Life with Owen McGee. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios. And this season of The Last of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Tesco.